This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those yeah. songs. Kirk Nerves, philatelist. <laughs> he would he would drive around. He had he had exposed nerves coming out of his head, oh. and he would drive recklessly, running people over, and in, in his manic pursuit of stamps. Two, what three, four, <laughs> but stamps, 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 they, they can, can go, go anywhere. Stamps, stamps, stamps with, with nary a care. Stamps, stamps. I, I wish that I were one. I want to be a stamp. Welcome to Y Tune Shuffle. A celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your hosts, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Why Tune Shuffle. Welcome to the show, Why Tune Shuffle. My name is Maggie Mayfield, your host of this show. Sitting beside me, their co-host, David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood Secret Weapon. That's my, my secret spy music. I love it. Dum, dum. <laughs> it's effective. Dumb. Met, you know what's funny? I met Val Kilmer one time, sidetrack, and when I brought him into the Coast 103.5 studios, that's what we did. We did the secret spy moves all the way down the hallway. He was amazing. You and Val Kilmer? And I did his like secret, you know, dun, 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 da, 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, he was in, uh, what was The Saint? He was the same. Yes, that's yes, right. Yes, he yes. did that that reboot. So we did the finger guns all the way down, like the lo- I called the model hallway here at iHeart Studios in Los Angeles. My my Val Kilmer story. I was his hand double in the Spartan. Stop it! Yeah, really? Yeah. The hand double. The hand double. That is an amazing credit. Please welcome <laughs> right? musician and actor Pete Downing. <laughs> Pete Downing and Maggie oh, yeah. asked me, "How do I introduce Pete?" Because I'm going down a laundry list of all of the things. Didn't have hand model. I just handled it for you. Get yeah. It? It, it, but <laughs> Should we start with a with a with a resume here and just have Pete sort of bring us up to speed with? Uh... Oh, I'm sure we'll get into it. But sure, you're an actor, a musician. Yeah. Are you a comedian also? No, 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 no. Not. You're funny. I'm funny on the page mostly. You're pun. I'm... You're punny. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's not a selling point. <laughs> I want to be smarter than that, but okay. I'm not. Oh come on. You have a northeastern accent. Yeah, for effect. I just I put that on once in a while. Okay. So that that's part of my resume. Now we don't even have to talk about it because it's so obvious. Perfect. Let's get right into the music. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an actor. Did you start in school as in high school? Actually, yeah. I mean, every play that was available up until it was not cool at all to be an actor I was in. And then, you know, high school, I, I walked away. Um, and then, you know, my mom was like a regional theater director back in New England and uh, – I didn't do it again until our David, my mutual friend Lauren Dombrowski, God rest her soul, was a producer and a writer and an actress, and she convinced me. Sort of at the end of my, you know, musical career, I was a pro musician in Boston, and I, I was like thirty-seven or so, mm-hmm. and hadn't made that million dollars I was promised yet. Okay, and I had a ponytail, and it was kind of sad to have a ponytail as a thirty-seven-year-old still. And uh, Lauren said, get a headshot and come out, and I'll see what I can do for you. Yeah. So that's that's how I ended in Los Angeles. I've been here 30 years now. Wow. 30 years. Is that right? I'm not good at math. No. That's 20. 20. 20 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. 20. 20. Yeah. Can I just Still connect a big the number. dots for a second? Huh? Lauren was married to someone that was on the show. Marco. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Got it. I introduced those two. That's I, you. My <laughs> one and only oh, okay. yeah, attempt yeah. at matchmaking. Marco was our guest for episode one of season two. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, God. 
I would love to hear his list. I'm going to have to listen to it, I guess. Yeah, you got to listen. <laughs> listen to Marcos. Yeah, yeah. I shame him. He has several gold records on his wall, and I shame the hell out of him for all of them. Why? Because it's it's record company promoter music. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Not necessarily music, but we have to push the hell out of this to make right. some money for the man. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm like... You but know, you're a like snob. a you, but you're like a real musician. What's your instrument? Bass guitar. I was uh, always the worst guitarist in every pickup band that you know got thrown together as a teenager. So I, I was always the bass player. Uh-huh. And then one night I saw Tom Shepard, my hero at the time in the uh, '80s in Boston, in a band called Rick Berlin, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been signed as Orchestra Lunar, but then they were anyway. Long story short, I saw a real bass player perform, and I went, oh. I need to know how to do that. So I studied with him and then went to school and really learned the instrument and learned music theory and the whole Megillah. Oh, wow. Thanks to Tom. Thank you, Tom. Where'd you go to school? I went to Tufts. I was a, what they call a real, uh, resumed ed for adult learners. So I went back to school late. I was about 30 when I graduated. I was a high school dropout. So I had to go to a community college and um, Mm -hmm. get caught up and get some good study habits. Then I applied for this program, which was initially in the 60s for... Women who were trying to get into the workforce, who would like raise their family, and now never had an opportunity to go to college, so they made it easy uh, financially and um, academically. Like you didn't have to score a thousand on your essay, whatever those exams are that I got stoned and missed. Uh, <laughs> literally smoked pot on the way to the exam. To the SATs? Not a, not a smart. Couldn't word. even get out no. of the car. No. So around the 70s, they opened it up to all both sexes, and that's how I got in, in 85, 86, somewhere in there. That's great. Yeah. And you graduated. I graduated, and I got to study music with some heavy cats, and I got to go to the New England Conservatory and like study there as well as Tufts. So it was a, it was a good bunch of years. Do you sing? Yeah, I'm, I'm a good backup singer, not a strong singer. Not a, not You don't want to hear me sing lead on anything. But bass, that's your thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you dabble in piano, too? I had to as a student, but yes, I can't yeah. play you a song. That's okay. No. I but can, you know where middle I can compose yeah. on it, yes. Okay. Yeah. What, what part of Boston did you grow up? I grew up north of Boston, 20 miles north, North Reading, next to Andover, which people more people know Andover mm-hmm. for Phillips Academy. Mm-hmm. And, and also Lincoln. So my parents separated, and I had to live with mom for a while in Lincoln. We did not belong there. It was a very wealthy community, and we were, we were <laughs> lower middle class. It was a bit awkward. Always had the wrong clothes, that yep. kind of deal. Mm. And then moved back after some trouble with mom because she couldn't handle a teenage boy who was dabbling in drugs the way I was. So I had to go live with dad back to North Reading where I started. And he almost straightened me out. It almost occurred, but the force was strong in this one. That's where you went to high school, Reading? I did, North Reading High, yeah. And I quit um, halfway, th- halfway through, yeah, halfway through senior year, which was 1977. They informed me that I was not going to graduate and I had to come back for another half a year. No. The following year. You can't do that to a teen. That's post-grad. like the worst. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to be the old dummy, you know. Um, so I quit. I went down to Florida to be a drug smuggler. All right. Yeah. Well, Seriously? What do you think? What yeah. Do you- Seriously? You yeah. to- See, I again, <laughs> these people I bring in here, which Maggie says I'm Hollywood's secret weapon because yeah. I say, I, I, I know this person. I yeah. know this person. Pete and I know each other, I would say, very well. Yeah. And but we're still getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's we, we're we're not the guys that I spend every Saturday night with for like six months, eight months, like John Murphy, years every Saturday hanging out with this guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I didn't know Pete was a drug smuggler. Well, I said I went down there to do that. I oh, didn't say I okay, succeeded. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Projecting. <laughs> was it? Was, how long were you in Florida? 
off and on about two years, which, you know, as an 18-year-old, that was a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go well. I was a burglar and I had to leave. Uh, I started becoming, uh, I started really dabbling in that, like, drug use, like IV drug use. And it was oh, getting yeah. heavy and I was robbing people and then I uh, got arrested. And, and I'm grateful for it because it really put speed grow on my alcoholism. Like, if I didn't do that, I might well be sitting in a bar nursing a Bud Bar bottle right now and, yeah. you know, with nothing to show for it. So, What was it, you said something that was interesting. What was it that kind of turned it around for you that straightened you out? Because obviously you cleaned up and went to school and, and finished and graduated. Yes, and- yes, exactly. So I headed down the path steep, and yeah. then a friend of mine got sober, and he started showing up at parties and stuff, but not drinking, and and with a new car and you know a shirt tucked in. You know yeah. what? What happened to him? And so uh, he, you know, he was sort of my power of example, and I followed his footsteps, and I went into you know a twelve step program and. Here I am. That's wonderful. 33 years later. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to say his name or is that against policy? His name is Bernie. I, I probably wouldn't say his last name. Okay. But, but yeah, yeah, Bernie. St. Saint, Saint Bernard, let's call him. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, everybody has that person in their life who yeah. was like, hey, what's, how come he's different? What's going on? But he's doing it. He was doing it, yeah. And, and it was clear. Like- and we were th- like the three amigos in high school that yeah. could not, we'd swear off every day. Today, we're not going to get stoned. We're actually going to do st- schoolwork. <laughs> and by noon, we were stoned. It, when we knew then, like, we're in trouble. Like, this is this is bad. Yeah. And all of our parents were alcoholics. So it was sort of the writing was on the wall we could see. Yeah. Thank God. That's amazing yeah. that you have kind of that force. Like, you knew. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom was bad. You yeah. know, it was, it was, I, there were no mysteries around addiction or substance abuse yeah yeah. yeah. so you got to la you had a headshot ready to go yeah. what was your <laughs> yes. first gig what was your 10 first gig? years too late to i had rock and long hair <laughs> i looked like fabio oh. I, I you know the headshot's pretty impressive actually yeah. but you know the long hair was out this is 97 so did a bunch of extra work got um a sag card right away and uh studied I I did Acme and Groundlings and Okay yeah. Yeah. So you I, know comedy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, I've always been a fan yeah. and in um like but, I said I think I'm strong on the page. I write pretty funny stuff, but I don't know about ever being a stand up. What was your uh your bir- your first big on-screen gig? That oh you god. Uh Like not extra work. <laughs> Not extra work would be, God, it was recently, really. I did a CSI recently. I think it might have been my first network show. This is maybe four years ago, something like that. It was just like, who the hell are you? <laughs> That's my, that was it. <laughs> I got to say it to Harmon, uh-huh. right? Mark Harmon is the CSI. I think that's CSI. No, it's not CSI. NCIS. Oh, okay. And I had, was his stand-in in Chicago Hope was one of my first jobs. Oh, wow. So, you know. X amount of years later, I got to actually work in a, as a speaking actor with him, which was fun. He was a sweet guy. Still still remembered me and was happy to see me on the day. So you're doing it. You're working? Yeah. I took a long time off. I worked in the recovery business. I um, helped people, you know, in a interventionist sort of way of getting to and from treatment centers. Did that for a long time. And then I stopped auditioning. Went on a commercial audition uh, about a year ago and uh, booked a car commercial. And uh, my agent loves musicians. He says, I don't know what it is about musicians, but I, I seem to have really good luck with them. So That's great. So I'm back in it, you know. But I'm writing. Mostly what I do now is write plays and, script, and spec scripts. Anything coming to the stage or the screen soon? I have a play that I'm dying to get on its feet. Um, the next phase of that is a stage reading to try to raise some funds to actually get it up and then put it up for two weeks so I can get 
people to see it. Hell yeah. That's the next move. All right. Um, yeah. So you're busy is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And how did you how did you and David meet? We 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 met in Boston at uh, basically Catch a Rising Star. Yep. Um, Lauren, whose name has come up on this show a number of times, Lauren yeah. D, was very instrumental in helping me sort of address you know what I for you know many years thought was a pretty average you know, drinking experience, drug experience. Yeah. But apparently not many other people agreed with my perception mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, I met Pete <laughs> at the the second AA meeting I ever went to in my life. Oh, I wow. was uh, 26. Uh, I had a girlfriend whose dad was in the program, and he took me to him. He took us both yeah. when we were in our tw- 22 or 23 in Boston, but I, I never went back. So, yeah, that's I, I met uh uh, Pete through through you know that experience, the but then discovered that Pete was very active in music, and and I was getting a, a leg in with comedy, and we worked on the cross comedy show together for oh, years. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and played a lot of softball, which was played softball so much fun. Oh yeah, I yeah. didn't know you played softball, David. Oh, oh yeah, yeah I oh, he threw wow. a lot of trash cans. Is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I pitch. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Those are good. I mean, do you play? No. Oh, see, we got to get down the iHeartRadio team. They have one. They've asked me to do it, and I uh, I keep telling them I'm terrible. And so one time they had me throw a paper towel roll, and it went right into the ceiling. I said, "See, I'm terrible. Uh-huh. I'm not, it's not going to happen." Uh, yeah, and, and Pete has been uh, you know a friend, a contact uh, for the whole time. You lived with me when you first. He moved was out. my uh, landing pad when I came yeah. out of here. Was the first place I crashed. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I ruined it. Good. Did you? Yeah. How did that? Do we want to talk about that? Yeah. Yep. It was the best. <laughs> No, because the one thing you got to know, I, I, I have what they call character the- defects, and I, I invite, I've invited a number of people to come and live with me upon arriving to Los Angeles. Sure. And after about two or three months, I begin to, I think, instigate things. But anyway, what's well, your? He is the most generous. He was so sweet and giving, and like, here's the bedroom. I'm sleeping in the living room. Uh, very few rules. It was cool. We're both kind of neat, so that wasn't going to be an issue and everything. Yeah. But I had to go. Th- I had to literally, literally walk past his bed to get to the kitchen, which had a sliding door. And I'm a That's musician, right. so I got late night hours. So I came in late and started grilling a hamburger at like 11 o'clock at night. He's sleeping right outside, and the place is oh. filling up with greasy burger smoke. And he snapped like a brittle twig, which he had a right to. But up until that point, I really thought his word of just, you know, you can use the kitchen. You use, you know. Mm. <laughs> I said that, me- yeah. But what I meant was- any and all times. So I kind of. Should have known better, but yeah. Uh, and he was like, "Pete, you gotta go, man. It's time to go." That, like, at that, you just sat straight up in bed. You're like, "It's time." I don't think it was that night, but the, like a day later, like you gotta start looking for a place, man. Well, <laughs> and this is the this is the interesting part of where we are. Why to shovel? Because I'm I'm getting to know friends on a better and deeper level here. Yeah. No excuse. I was like a week so uh-huh. you oh, know, yeah. very, very. I was under a year, and I had just gotten a dog. Uh-huh. That's when were you there when Bella? Oh my came God, in? she was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bella. So I got I got Bella. I was out of money, and yeah. and that's why I had yeah. to get out of Westwood. Yeah. I was I was out of work. Yeah. I was out of money, and I then I, I went to Hollywood. And I'm so grateful. You know, I if there's anything I can do to make that up to you, no, no, no. the house and grill a burger sometimes. We were both. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We were both uh, culpable or whatever because yeah, no, clearly you don't start grilling a burger ten feet away from a dude's head at eleven o'clock at night. Um, 3 a.m. 
<laughs> no, no, but it's it's uh, that's that's my mo. I'm not going to sit up here and lie. I uh, I'm in recovery for a number of reasons. The bottle is just a symptom. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Wow. Thank God, Pete's that's here. That's a great story. Yeah. yeah it was, let's eat. That was fun. All right, many more to come. Let's dig into song number sure. one. Here we go. <laughs> the banjo. I mean, I could just live this tune in my body 24-7. I'd be a, it's, uh, I know this takes me somewhere. Talk about it. What is it? Where does it take you, Yeah, Pete? where do you go? Uh, it's 65 or 6. Uh, we had a Renault, little tiny car, tiny, <laughs> tiny little car, tiny AM speaker on the dashboard. <laughs> it gets one station, 68 RKO. Okay. And that's like one of those perennial songs. You hear it, and it's summertime. It's on now. Yeah. You know, school's over. It's summer. What, um, were, what were summers like? Did, who did you hang out with? What did you guys do? Brian Cummings, mostly. God rest his soul. Um, he was my bestest. And I lived on a farm in North Reading. 48-acre farm, so it was Cowboys and Indians, World War II, all that shit in the pardon me, in the woods, you know, yeah. with, with the whole neighborhood. It was a blast. Yeah, riding uh, bikes. Yep. Was yep. the ice cream man a thing yet? Well, I know yes. in upstate New York Absolutely. we had yeah. good humor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good they humor. wouldn't come up Bar Street. My, my driveway was a quarter of a mile long. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that's a whole other story about getting over the boogeyman terror <laughs> is walking up that driveway as a little kid when it's dark out. Rough. Wow. So, yeah, but that song. So you're and saying also, you're going to go see It, the Stephen King movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, has that already been made, that movie? Why is it's, it's out. It's out. Yeah, no, no yeah. I mean like an older version of it. It's, it's an I old book. So. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a reboot. In fact, reboot. I was talking to a kid okay. at school today. He asked me if I was going to go see it. Out of the blue. Just, he was just sitting behind me. Hey, you go see that It movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in college now. So it's just like weird exchange. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to. The other thing about this song is Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, our another perennial event is Cat Blue was on. Like, it's one of those movies you look forward to every year. Mm-hmm. Hard Day's Night, To Kill a Mockingbird, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, yeah. Cat Blue. It's one of those things I look forward to. And and throughout that movie, it's Nat King Cole and Stubby K doing, like, the chorus. Like, they, they're strumming guitar and banjo and, and singing throughout the whole tune. So that song reminds me of that. Nice. And I sort of fell in love with movies at that age, too. Okay. Like, just... You couldn't tear me away from the television once the movie was on. But you weren't trying to, like, make plays as a kid? No. I didn't know that you could do that. Yeah. I had no idea. We would have these, like, sleepovers, and if we weren't making up dance routines and, like, coming up with (laughs) costumes, like, what we would do was take some of our favorite movies and reenact them in real life. Right. And that was our our movie-making play. We did that with music. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? We had, like, fake instruments and would play along to records. I love that. Yeah. Did you play the bass then, too? God, what did I do? I think I played the drums. <laughs> I think it was, you know, couch cushions were drums. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. And what did, did you have your own bedroom? Yes. Big, scary 1800s <laughs> farmhouse with lots of drafts and for sure ghosts. It was it was terrifying. That's your dad's house or your mom's <laughs> house? Yeah. Ma, uh, well, they bought it together and then mom moved out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting For place. sure. So, well, yeah, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> believe in ghosts, but uh-huh. I mean, it was eerie. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Did you live there primarily? Yeah. A couple of years in Lincoln, like I said, with mom, uh, but maybe three okay. at the most, and oh, then back right. to North Reading. And mm-hmm. was there till I left as a young man. Get Sister's a job brothers? or get out. I, mean, I have an older sister, five years older, yeah. And she was at dad's or mom's? Or, uh, also mom. both. 
Also both. Also both. Okay. And she was in trouble very early on as well. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm surprised. I've worked in, in, in counseling, residential foster care, and, you know, I'm from a family of divorce and a lot of moving around and a lot of, like, trying to figure it out. But it is, it's like everybody's experience. I yeah. mean, we get every every 20th guest. Well, I had my mom and dad and my sister. And <laughs> it's just so rare. Did anybody, rare. you know? Yeah. yeah. I had to tell my daughter that when my wife and I split up. I'm like, honey, don't, you're just the first one. There are going to be plenty more to follow. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And we survive. Yeah. And music helps that. Yeah. Yeah, that's an uplifting tune if ever there was one. Like, it's the summer. Summers. Hot dogs and... Yeah. Come Freedom. I, I, I think that that speaks Bicycles. to somebody's personality that they can admit. And would your friends, I mean, to admit there's a connection to that particular song? Because some of the people we've run oh, with. Look at look at YouTube. The first uh, comment underneath it is somebody saying, this brings me back to the summer of 65. And I mean, it's it's universal. Yeah, yeah. It totally. Totally. Wow. But I'm, I'm saying there are some guys that I hung out with. It's like, we listen to that for. Oh. I mean, I totally respect the fact that, you know. We can appreciate grandma's music or that kind of stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't look at it as grandma's music now because, and in fact, I don't think I knew it was Nat King Cole necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but now, of course, we can't get enough of that dude. Mm-hmm. Master. Yeah. I've heard that song before, but it doesn't take me any place specifically. I feel like it's... you didn't have the green Renault with the AM radio and the one speaker yeah. in the dashboard. That was the key. Same radio, by the way, you could hear the kinks. Or the doors on, mm-hmm. like like the next huh. song after this All in right. the mid '60s could be rock. It was right. bizarre. Let's do it. Song number two. That's the one. That voice. Uh huh. Sounds like he's trying to really be a straight singer at this stage, mm-hmm. not doing his thing. What's interesting about Bob Dylan is I feel like he's such an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. And I'm always interested when he pops up on this show as to where he brings you and how you found him. This is very early on. This is a sexual awakening moment. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I'm 10 years old, and, so, and I'm hanging out at a friend's house. There's six kids in this family. So, you know, a kid my age all the way up to, like, the older kid. It's always the older kids that turn us oh, uh, astray. And he told us this was about sex. Now, 10 years old, I don't know what sex is. I don't know. What are you talking about? But something stirred mm-hmm. nonetheless, right? <laughs> like, what What are you talking about? Like, oh, oh, so this guy cares enough about a woman that he wants to sleep with her. What's that about? I started paying more attention to song lyrics uh-huh. after this. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, who's more lyrical than this guy? Mm-hmm. And and I didn't get back to him till many till decades later because I I want to play music. I want to know about the music. I'm not. In, I don't give a damn about what you're talking about. It's does the melody hit me? Does mm-hmm. the groove hit me? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not till many many years later, blood in the tracks maybe. Uh, that I start paying attention to him as a lyricist, and the guy's a genius, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but specifically, this song was, oh, m- this 
music um, is about something, and more importantly for a, a kid, you know, it's like about sex. Yeah. Pay attention to the sex kid. And that's what this one was for me. And, you know, I didn't know about who he was for long. It was just the content. Who Who was your first girlfriend? Donna Maria, I believe I've mentioned her earlier. That was actually fifth grade. And I believe to this day she only asked me, she asked me to go steady so that she can t- and then break up with me to see what that felt like for her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, because she broke up with me like uh, a week later. Um and none of this had – I had nothing to do with it. I'm just a dumb kid that plays kickball. So, <laughs> you know, a, 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 a girls are just whirling around me. I have no idea what's going on. And uh, so, yeah, I was a boyfriend for a short time. And then we remained friends all the way through, you know, high school. That's um, great. But, yeah, I didn't kiss a girl till seventh grade, I think, and that was Chrissy Stevenson. I just spoke with her the other day, in fact, to see oh. if she was going to the re- – our 40th reunion's coming up. Uh-huh. And ironically, neither one of us graduated from that high school. So right. she's like, why would I go to that? <laughs> I didn't graduate. I said, well, neither did I, but it's going to be fun to see all those people. Are you allowed to go to those if you don't? Yeah. yeah it's a bunch of adults. Gets, Who's yeah, going to stop it's, you? So everyone will meet at the Ramada Inn. You exactly. Know? I true. think if you lived a long way away, like I got a buddy that didn't graduate. He's down in Florida. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone for the last two years, and I'll tell you why. Because Facebook scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I, I'm scared of half of the people I went to high school with. Wow. And I got so involved uh-huh. in back and forth political that oh, you know, I, I, was, I, I really got taken back to the playground. I was going to get yes. beat up. No, I, I got off of Facebook yes, election you did. night. Yes, you I'm did. gone. I haven't been back. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you, 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 you made that statement, and, it was and easy. I have not seen him since. It was so easy. Wow. How I do you feel? I can't do this. Great. <laughs> not, <laughs> no. about, not about the world right now, but no, sure. about not being sucked into that black hole. Mm-hmm. But an interesting side note about the reunion, we also had a 13th reunion. Not a 10 or a 20, but a 13. And it was announced on The Tonight Show by Paula Poundstone, who was a fellow cr- classmate. Oh, And wow. I, don't, I think it was Leno who said, so what are you doing for the holidays, Paula? And she goes, well, actually, I'm going to my 13-year high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> and she was there. And that was, what, 90? She seems like such a cool person. Yeah, she's awesome. All the stuff she's doing now. Yeah. I'd like to say I hung out with her in high school. I did not. I did not know she even went there. Wow. I think she, like me, left early on under, you know, yeah. shadowy circumstances. What was your mascot? I don't know about that school. That's Lincoln Sudbury. That's the one I went to for a very short period of time. Uh-huh. It was like one of the best schools in the country. It had open campus, which means we were all tripping all the time and not going to classes. <laughs> but North Reading, the other school, was the Hornet. Oh, the okay. North Reading Hornets. The Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> I love Boston. And Lauren oh. was from Linfield. LD was from Linfield, our rival school. So mm-hmm. we would go to each other's school and paint it. Did colors. you know her growing up? Did not. No. no. The world gets so small in this uh-huh. show. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Bob Dylan. Dylan. All right. Let's do the next one. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Earl's dancing in this. his seat. I need this. I need this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been this forever, man. Bow, bow. <laughs> yeah, we're still alive, right? We're okay. The mountain is Immediately after the show, downloading this. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Silk shorts, tube socks, <laughs> Nike sneakers, baby. I yeah. just remember my dad in the kitchen playing the air bass, and my mom would make so much fun of him for that. Oh, as well she should. Great pick. Man. That's amazing. This is the transition between junior high and high school, which is a big one. Uh, I'd never ridden in a bus before. I was always a walker. <laughs> Now I'm riding a bus, and I think this song played in the bus one day is why I picked it. I remember just having this moment like being grown up. The combination of being in a bus, it's a regional high school, so there's two schools, two towns mixed together. So you meet in a whole new group of people. Oh, wow. I immediately, again, end up with a girlfriend that I didn't choose. Like it, was, it happened for me. Um, Robin Gitlin, I'll see her in, uh, next month at the reunion. Um, and it was... It's just a freeing song. It's just like, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. That's exactly how e- I felt when I heard it. Everything's going to be fine. My home turmoil was terrible. But at this point now, like, I, I think I'm a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. Does that mean my mom works and I can do whatever the hell I want? Because that's yeah, what it, like, that's what it was. In. Yeah. And I mean, some days we wouldn't go to school. We would show up to school, but we'd turn around and walk home or thumb home. Back then, everybody hitchhiked everywhere. What? And I would even go home and steal my mother's car, go back to school and pick up kids and take off and do stuff. Also, the beginning of sort of political awareness because this song and then Joe Walsh's Rocky Mountain Way where he changed the mm. words. This is when Nixon was in trouble and the scandal, Watergate scandal, and, you know, especially liberal towns where, where I was. Uh, it was all over the place. So it was sort of a, a becoming a citizen song. Yeah. In your freshman year of high school. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, dr- the drug references. Um, I'm not sure exactly, but there's, some, there's something in those lyrics about, you know, let's party. Do you remember who the bus driver was? No. no. Did you I, have like a specific seat on the bus? I discovered one day when the bus is kind of empty and it goes over a bump, you get thrown in the air. Yeah, the back seat. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that I would, of course, Big yellow, there. no seat belt. Yeah. Yes. No seat belt. Come on. Was this pre-busing? Or oh, was this good during- question. Here's the deal. Lincoln, my junior high, had um, – God, I just looked this up recently. I can't remember what turned me into it, but um, – we had a program similar, and it was just prior to busing, where all hell blo- broke loose. You in know Boston. about busing, right? No, I have no idea. Yeah, so the uh, board of ed saying you can't discriminate anymore; you have to mix the schools, and then neither side wants that. Like you go to an inner city like Boston, the blacks don't want to be with the whites, whites don't want to be, and it was violent. And there's oh, been wow. you know books and films written about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but our because we were such a liberal town, we did have people. I know why I remember now because we had a black girl from Roxbury stay at our house. For really? a period of time, yes. Like living with you? Yes. Oh, my God. Sheila. Oh, wow. And she and my mom fought like cats and dogs. It was funny and scary. And I can't imagine, in retrospect, the only black girl in this small town of, what, 10,000, whatever North Reading was, the balls on that girl to show up for school every day just astounds me. And uh, so we also went to there in Roxbury. White people don't go to Roxbury in 1970, but we went and had dinner with her family and I was like, hey, this ain't so bad. They were in a project. I'm like, this ain't so bad. These kids have a freaking color television in their bedroom. We, we <sighs> still have a black and white and one in our house. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I went to the corner store. Why they let a 10-year-old kid walk to the corner store in Roxbury is beyond me. But I got called a honky. Yeah. I, and I didn't know what that was, but it scared the crap out of me. And uh, no one addressed it. And, you know, Massachusetts is the most racist state in the union. I'll say that and and be done with it. But- I don't know that. I mean, <laughs> when I moved to Boston, I was coming from Ithaca, New York, which is like Berkeley East. It's mm-hmm. just a very college town, Cornell, Ithaca College, really liberal. Mm-hmm. Until Facebook came out, I realized that was like a quarter of the people. Mm-hmm. 
But there was a professor I heard in Boston that talked about this, the, the segregation in Boston is is more so a positive awareness than a negative thing. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, the way this guy was talking about it, and he's a Harvard guy. Uh-huh. And, and, but that's one thing I do remember from living there for like a decade is that you knew where you were and who you were around. Yeah. It, the, 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 the lines are drawn. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's pretty heavy. What yeah. an incredible moment, though, to be 10. Like, what were you going for? Do you remember, like, some candy? Or- yeah, that's I can't. I just wrote a short story about it recently. I can't, to this day, remember why I went to a, you know, there was a store just like that in my hometown, mm-hmm. only this store had African-American stuff in it. Like, you know, everything was different, so it was sort yeah. of cool. It was like Charlie and Chocolate Factory. That's a bad analogy. No, but, but it's, it's it. <laughs> but it's like, you're, you're a comedy writer. You can't help yourself. But... It's like my mom lived in an all-black neighborhood. Uh-huh. My stepdad was black. My step-siblings were black. And, uh-huh. and, and the market in, in that time was Jet Magazine. It was right. different kind of hair products. Everything smelled different. Everything looked it, different. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, there's just no denying the fact that it's an exotic experience. Yeah, it was yeah. very exotic. And staying at their house. Oh, and Playboy After Dark was on the TV in that kid's bedroom, by the way. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hugh Hefner, who did Playboy Magazine, used to have a show, a variety show called Playboy. Like a young Dark. Joan Rivers doing stand-up and killing. It's <sighs> Killer, killer show, but um, but I, I know. I, here's the it. thing: I wasn't scared. Like it, that's the thing, is like I'm just walking around and there's black people around. It's not a big deal to a ten year old kid until it is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? And no adults were capable of talking about stuff like that. Like yeah. that could have been explained away in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. Yeah. But anyway, I'm grateful for the opportunity that we had her stay with us. We tried to do what we could to help and. Um, and then when I went to Lincoln, they had this whole – God, I wish I could remember the name. It had something to do with the train, Metro or whatever. Those kids were just – they assimilated, and there were a lot more of them. And that's helpful. Like why there was one, mm-hmm. that was crazy. But, yeah, I don't know how we got off that sidetrack. But. We're not sidetracked no, at all. We're hanging out great. in Maggie's bedroom. We're cranking some tunes. We're talking. We're shuffling. We're Y-tuning. I love it. All right. Song number four. Four. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Every one of them. Uh, Every year I remember. Uh, my head gets flooded. This is a killer. So Earth, it's wind, a, and fire. It's the law that a bass player has to love <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. This guy's really? he's a genius. Oh. Verdeen White. He's the master. What? Yeah. Why do you say that? I've never heard that before. L- try whenever you hear Earth, Wind, and Fire from now on. Listen to the bass. Okay. Yeah. I will. And the guy's ridiculous. And more importantly, he dances like freaking Michael Jackson while he's playing this stuff. Wow. I can play this stuff. My my feet have to be firmly planted on the ground. Thinking. I can't look at anybody. <laughs> I have to look at the space between my feet, and I can, so I can hear the drums. Eyes closed are preferable, but um, yeah, he's just jumping around and having a blast. I envy him so much. But you're playing out like yeah. you've been in a couple of bands oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. recently. No, Please I, I, talk a little bit about like what's that? What's what's your world like? I, I this is one thing I don't know about Pete. If I get to a show, which <laughs> never happens, and when he moved in with me, he was like hitting the road and going out and doing these sessions gigs. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the last band you were in? What was that all about? 
What was the last? I'm playing one now called The Noble Pricks. The Noble Pricks. I love everything Spelled about that. P-R-I-X. Yes. Because yeah. we're fancy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It uh, we just started we just started rehearsing and it's fun it's, it's sort of a punk uh-huh. you know rock uh, like psychobilly kind of stuff a couple of great players but, but prior to that it's been a while oh oh I'm in Adam Sandler's band that's my claim to fame for the past ten years or so so a friend of mine is one of his assistants and he knows I'm a bass player and he goes Adam needs a bass player show up at his house tonight I go hell yeah I'll show up I go to the house unbeknownst to him they'd already hired like a heavy cat. Because they they needed one and they couldn't afford to not have one again, so um, <laughs> I literally had my bass next to the rig, and this dude came and moved mine away and put his in there. I'm like, oh, that's oh. harsh. Oh. Uh, uh, and I'm so glad it happened that way because he's a great dude and he's a much better player than I am. So he absolutely earns the the seat. But um, no one was playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. And there was an acoustic guitar sitting there, so I grabbed that. I, at first I asked, is it okay if I play this? And they said, yeah. So I grabbed the acoustic, and I started playing, and I started singing background, and I've been there ever since. And it's a good hang. Like, we have a blast. It's basically about Adam's Christmas party or holiday party mm-hmm. he has every year for whoever has ever worked on any of his films of all time show up. It's a big, big bash. Yeah, that's great. Um, so that's kind of – and I get to play with Wadi Wachtella, who is a guitar hero. And then – the, the I wish I had the list of some of the people that have rotated through there, the guests that show up. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll say this. The most memorable moment would have been um, Courtney Love singing and Flava Flav playing the bongos behind her. It's, it's that kind of scene. It's like, wow. Yeah. Hollywood after dark. Yeah. You know, like you have exactly. to talk about the Hugh Hefner. Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, we haven't done it in the last couple of years, unfortunately. I don't know. Since he did his Netflix deal, it mm-hmm. stopped. I don't know if those two uh, things are related or not. But So we haven't done it in a couple of years. Mm. But that's kind of all I've done for a long time musically. But Adam Sandler's band? Adam Sandler's band. That's all. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. There was a thing, speaking of Facebook, a few years ago, musicians were all saying, so name your top three gigs that you've done or people that you've sat in with. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, y'all can sit down now because this list is gonna. <laughs> this list I'm about to Joe Walsh throw throw at you. Uh, All right. You know. So who was it? Top three? No, I put everybody. I oh. put I put forty names down. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, and you're like, that's only one percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is really fun. Before you departed the social media world, which I would like to do. I'm very seriously thinking of like I, like Instagram has kind of overwhelmed Facebook, but before I, don't know how I to use them, you would you would you would post pictures and you were like your band was you oh that was D H that was okay the the drummer from the Dead Kennedys D H uh, okay. Pellegro that was a band called Pellegro and that mm-hmm. we did that for a couple of years that was a blast we went down to Long Beach a lot and played the punk rock scene down there and he's a legend they love him yeah so, so you got cool. big big crowds and stuff not that big no but like the newer bands that you know looked up to him wanted him to play on their bill and uh, stuff cool. so we did that and it was fun he's a gas we it's not uh, it's not my oeuvre. Is that the word? I don't know. I'm trying know. to be fancy. Here. I can't be. But it's a uh, genre. It's like metal punk. It's a little faster than uh, – I have to use a pick. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's aggressive, and mm-hmm. it's it, but it's fun. I, I, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I miss it, to be frank. But my lower back does not. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. 57. <laughs> you and Agna. 57 Chevys. Yes, yeah. sir. Wow. So, oh, but uh, September. September. Yeah, sorry. Back to that. Um, it's just one of those perennial things. Like it's, I, I, unfortunately, here they go back to school in August, 
but really, to me, that song is it's back to school. Like, mm-hmm. it's summer's over. So I've got my summer starting song and then my summer over song. Um, <laughs> and then there's just something about, I don't know if they have magic chords or harmonies or whatever, that that just makes you feel good. Yeah. Or cry. Mm-hmm. That's the next song. This song has made you cry? Yes. Why? I don't... I, I am not a psychiatrist, so I don't know. But there's some in- there's there's triggers, you know. Just it's, and it's usually when like- I sing it. If I'm trying to sing it, it mm. moves me. It just stirs emotions, That's and beautiful. and I'm all jumbled up inside. So anything can pop up. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? All right, I won't do that. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <no. laughs> and then, so I read the lyrics recently. I'm like, oh, there's nothing in here about going back to school. I don't, it's weird. It's see, it's that's not that what I love all. about our our experience as listeners, and I think it's you know you would know better, but I think musicians as well. I mean, I just saw a thing with Carol King, who was you know just a staple in my house. Carol King's Tapestry. Yeah. Yep. Raised me, yep. you know, musically, and and she did a thing for PBS where the first part of her book was a, an homage to the fans that we get to make this whatever it is we want, right. and that's what Y Tune Shuffle is really about. When Maggie and I were thinking about this, this is this is the fans' take. This is the listener liner notes. And yeah, that's it, it is about note. summer. It, it, it's about going back to school. That's what it is about. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> Pete, why are you cooking <laughs> cheeseburger? <laughs> oh. Eleven o'clock. Three, oh god! Three, yeah. I don't. I don't flip out anymore. I sob anyway. I, that's getting old. <laughs> we just cry. <laughs> Song number five. <laughs> You're a fan of the horns. Yeah. Mama. Yeah. There's too many of you to cry Brother, brother, brother There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find There's another bass hero of mine on this song To bring some love in here today Father, father We don't you see, war is not the answer. Wow. For only love can comprehend. I feel like I'm hearing the lyrics for the first time. Mm-hmm. They've they're timeless. They've never timeless. they've never been wrong. <laughs> Is this the same AM speaker in the car? No. Um, that's a good question. I don't know when I got turned on. It's probably my cousin. I have a cousin that's a year older who was way into soul music. I was. Mm. I don't know what I was listening to, but it was not soul. She had Al Green and Marvin Gaye mm. and uh, Sly and the Family Stone. So, yeah, would it be Alex's room turned on to this? And that now, for me, this is... Uh, Okay, so the bass player, James Jamerson, he's on all the Motown stuff, and he's another one. We listen to Motown, listen to the bass, and you're hearing a genius. This guy died at 35 years old from, I think, addiction. He's a monster. and But the song, it just makes me cry. This, it's undeniable. I don't know how people don't cry when they hear this, and especially if you try to sing along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter if you can sing or not. Just try it. Those tones, his passion, it just moves me. And, you know, I've always thought if there's ever a scene, um, if I'm acting in something and I need to evoke tears, I'll just say, give me a second, cue that up, boom. 
There's also another version you need to listen to by Donny Hathaway, mm-hmm. which is even more powerful than this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that and it's live and it's incredible. Um, and then the lyrics like this. I'm sure the first time I heard it, I did hear these lyrics and it was uh, my liberal aunt and my cousin who I spoke of, Alex, were protesters. Um, they harbored fugitives that were wanted by the FBI, like that kind of stuff. Wow. Like radicals were hiding yeah. out in their house, That all that business. And, you know, I have a picture. My favorite picture is Alex, probably four years old. She's protesting with her parents at some place in New York. And it said, I want to be a mommy if I grow up. So they're protesting oh. Dow Chemical or something from Vietnam. And um, they turned me on to that world. I not, I, my dad was conservative. My mom was apolitical. So I never would have been turned on to that whole movement if it wasn't for those folks. And this song, is, it's clear cut. Mm-hmm. just clear this is a man of god and he's saying you know mm-hmm. all that other business has nothing to do with god did you ever go out on one of those protests i did i went <laughs> with stefan senders <laughs> he and i ran away together i believe it was seventh grade we made it to philadelphia on a bus in seventh grade, in seventh grade. From Re- north reading yes wow. his, no uh this was lincoln this from was lincoln, lincoln. Still. yeah because people in lincoln are smart enough to figure out how to run away okay. people <laughs> I shouldn't say that about North Carolina. That's mean. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his parents were both shrinks. They had medicine chests filled with drugs, and we stole a whole bunch of them and hopped on a bus and went to Philadelphia. Uh, what was the question? Did you ever go to the protests? Yes. So he and I went to Boston Garden, Boston Common, and it was a Vietnam protest. So that would have in seventh grade. S- is that possible? 72? When did Vietnam end? 72? 75. 74 or 5. So, yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's entirely possible. Do you remember having an idea of what was going on? Were you just kind of walking with no, people? No, and- no, no, no. I'm not that smart. I just tagged along. Yeah. It's the story of my life for most things. I just tag along. But there, I mean. Lauren says, get a headshot and come to California. And I go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been to more than a few protests this year alone. Of course. And it's like, they're so overwhelmingly emotional for me. So I can't even imagine. And I, I see these kids that sit on their parents' shoulders right. and they're holding these. It's just, you had, there was no connection, no emote. You didn't, re- maybe there was no awareness that this was important, what was happening. No, because there was no one there to tell me that. Like yeah. those parents you're talking about, and yeah. I would do it for my daughter at this point, Would know, she would know exactly why we're there yeah. at the Women's March the, yeah. that day. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, my parents weren't telling me; they weren't yeah. passing that information along. Hmm. Well, it 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 really wasn't that far after this anomaly. It was it was a phenomenon that 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 people were standing up, and I mean, we had just mm-hmm. come off of World War II, and then the Korean thing in the fifties, and we're over the sixties. We're just getting going. Really, sixty nine is when it when it started to really get recognized with Woodstock. And Woodstock, all that. So yep. seventy two was only. It was still a very new thing. I don't think many adults knew what the hell was going on. That's true, too. Yeah. That's know? very true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Still, wow. blame your parents. That gets me <laughs> through on everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've forgiven so, them both, and they were all they were both dealing with their own stuff, which absolutely. is heavy. So I, I totally get it. We're not done with this story because yeah. somehow you managed to get to Philadelphia, but you had to go back. I mean, you went back to school. Oh, my God. The, so, you know, <laughs> we get busted. We're in... First of all, I think we were busted the second we stepped off the bus. Like, the you know, whoever, the powers that be are like, what are these two kids doing unescorted? Um, but we get to, he's got a friend there. We camp out in her backyard for one night. 
and we probably eat a can of B&M baked beans cold or whatever. We think we've, we've got it all figured out. And then we're on a bus back home the next day. <laughs> um, my mother, this is typical Gene Barry, would say, um, <laughs> well, I had to borrow $27 from Stefan's father for the bus ticket. Now you owe me $27, young man, and you will work the next 27 weekends until you pay that. $27. Bucks. <laughs> whatever it was, you know. Yeah, I know. That's, That's so right, funny. Though. Bus yeah, she was a fan of the ledgers. Like, if you, Mom, I'm going to drink a Schlitz. Okay, it would go in the ledger. Uh-huh. You know, and then when, when they added up to a six-pack, you were going to the store to buy her a six-pack. Same with cigarettes. She was a nut. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Notice what? I'm not saying anything because I'm doing my own inventory. <laughs> like, what do I owe my I'm mom? a ledger. No, I'm, I'm thinking oh, about do. my ledgers, you know. Oh, my God. Uh, you got the cheeseburger in there, right? I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, Stefan that... and I, we tried to be drug dealers, too. We bought... We want, we well, really because wanted... he got all that medicine from his therapist. He was, what happened to that? That dude was smart. He's actually... Stefan Sanders is a very successful baker now. I think he bakes, like, non-GMO, like, real artisan bread somewhere. He's doing yeah. great. And his brother... These guys are really, really smart cats. His brother was one of those people on Facebook that I would go to when I'd be getting into a political battle with someone and I'd be way out of my depth. I'd go, uh, um, God, his name's not Stefan. What's his? Warren. Warren, help. And I'd sick Warren on him and he would destroy them. Yeah. Uh, um, he's one of those guys who's still protesting. Like mm-hmm. he's out there right now yeah. talking about the climate. God love Probably him. standing on the side of the road somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. God bless you, Warren That's and Stefan. Mm-hmm. I think I owe Stefan 150 bucks with interest from 1976. <laughs> oh, shit. That's Good your enough. own personal guilty leasure. Mm. <laughs> wow, Pete. Well, that was an incredible Faye Five. Really nice. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. You know how hard it is? Is everybody talking about how hard it is? Yeah. yeah. Like, Walter Becker died. I'm like, oh, I have to get a Steely Dan in there. Oh, but then yeah. just trying to be sort of esoteric or... I got to put jazz in to prove that I'm yeah. above it all. And See, I honest to God, I, I, I told everybody, I thought I might have mentioned it. The first five come to your head are going to work. Yeah. you know, yeah. And, and we're going to do shows, you know, God willing, there are going to be Forever. theme shows and there's going to be many opportunities because it's, it's, it's our shared journal. We're all journaling somehow, some way through music mm-hmm. and it, and, and these conversations. I mean, I've learned more about you in these you know, 60 <laughs> minutes than I've known in 20 something years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> Thank and, you, guys. And your name, Ma- Madge? Maggie. <laughs> Margie. Margie. You're, you're a pep. Lay, Maggie, lay. <laughs> well, let's take a little brain break because storytelling can be kind of heavy. And yeah. I love this game so much. It's called <laughs> Band Name or Bar Name. And what happens is our guest from last week comes up with a location in the world, and David spends all day researching it. Um and he comes up with two names, one of which is the name of a band, one, and the other is the name of a bar. And uh-huh. we have to decipher which is which. Wow. So last week's guest took us all the way to Amsterdam. That's right. Okay, Pete, so we are in Amsterdam. You've been there. You've toured sure. Europe. Sure. You know, as a musical guy. So this might be easy for you. This might be hard. We're near the train station, let's say. You know, a little bit, maybe a couple clicks from the red light district. The Bahnhof. The Bahnhof. The Bahnhof. Yeah. And uh, and I say, uh, Pete, Maggie, you want to go see Door 74? Hmm. They're playing at Candy Dulfer. Candy Dulfer? Yep. They're playing at Candy Dulfer. I'm pronouncing this as best I can because it's sort of a... Does it have an umlaut? 
No umlaut. No. No knocked, mocked. <laughs> so, and or do we want to go eat at Candy Dolfer and see Door 74 rock the house? Wow. Door 74, is that a band name? I say it's the latter. Bar name? Candy Dolfer, is that a band name or a bar club name? I think Candy Dolfer. You think Candy is the bar? Yep. I think Candy's a person. You do, huh? Uh, yeah. Have you ever been to the Netherlands? <laughs> no. Am I terrified? Dan Hag. Oh, they name things wrong incorrectly. Andy Dolfer. And they try to westernize them. I've been getting this wrong every week for the yeah, past like 12 <laughs> weeks. You're not really good at this game, no. which is great for our guests. Okay? <laughs> uh, and Pete, final answer. Door 74, is that a bar or a band? A band. And Candy Dolfer is... A Dutch smooth jazz and funk alto saxophonist who began playing at the age of six years old. Wow. Still a staple in and around Amsterdam and all over Europe. If you want to hear more from Candy, D-U-L-F-E-R, just Google her name or go to Wikipedia and you can get all the latest details. Thanks, Candy, for being part of our band name or bar name. On the other hand, Door 74, beautiful cocktail bar with retro accoutrements. Uh, it's located uh, right near the red light district, near the Bonhoff, as Pete so accurately named, which is near the train station. Uh, hop, skip, and a jump. Great music, great <laughs> vibe, and great drinks. That's Door 74 right there in Amster, Amster. Shh, shh, shh. Can I get yeah. the address of that red light district one mm-hmm. more time? Uh, which is now closing down. <laughs> yeah, because of narco tourism. Oh. Yeah. Narco tour. What is that? That's where people like. Just go I there for the be, dope? Yeah, and, and, and pee in other places oh. you're not supposed to. That's Bar Name or Band Name. Pete, your job now, take us somewhere for next week's show. Anywhere you want in the world, the United States, uh, South America. <laughs> oh, in, in, order, in honor of um, a state that's about to be wiped off the map. Let's go to South Florida. South Florida. Oh, geez. That's where my dad is like right now. Tampa? Uh, Hollywood. <laughs> thank you good Pete. luck you guys so that is band name or bar name brought to you again by your name here if you want to sponsor part of the show you can email us at ytuneshuffle at gmail.com now pete we've gone through your fave five feels like we've kind of grown up with you a little bit got a sense of your creepy room and house farmhouse <laughs> growing up let's bring it current 2017 uh-huh. what is your guilty pleasure musically tv movies doesn't matter I have a motorcycle. It's a BMW RT1200, which is that cop bike, that uh-huh. big. Uh, and I just love lane splitting. I love not having to deal with traffic in Los Angeles. Is that a, that's not really a guilty pleasure, though? No, no, that's. Ah, well, it would be. I mean, I feel guilty saying that that I'm better than everybody and traffic doesn't affect me. Uh, <laughs> that's not really guilty pleasure. I guess it would have to be like something on the television, right? Um, uh, I'll admit that when I first heard of Game of Thrones, I said, that's ridiculous. A show with dragons, I'm out. <laughs> and then I watched the first episode, and I'm like, why aren't there more dragons on the show right now? Right. I want dragons. You mean dragons or boobs? <laughs> uh, well, I watch it with my wife, so we're taking care dragons. of in the boob situation. Not so, uh, <laughs> And actually, they kind of cut down on the boobs, that's didn't they? That's good. I only watched the first episode. It was very boob heavy in the beginning. So yeah, they've heavy. cut back on it. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think I was going to be a Game of Thrones person, and I I love that show. All right, your guilty pleasure. Yeah. Well, now this is 
David's favorite part of the show. Thinking, I love it. Thinking very hard. Take us back to the story of your very first concert. I know there were a couple like local things, like in hockey rinks that I tagged along with my sister Duke and the drivers, I remember, um, and being drunk and almost missing the band, but I came to. But I don't know if that's really a concert. I would say the first concert, like a big one, would be Aerosmith. At nice. The, either the Music Hall or the Orpheum. I always get those two venues mixed up. Downtown Boston, right in the combat zone. And um, I turned to my friend and I said, you know, they're not really playing. He said, what are you talking about? I go, that's too good. They're playing along to the record. There's nobody plays that well live. Wow. Yeah. What an idiot. Do. Of course. Yeah. I just saw Steve Tyler a uh, month ago. Uh-huh. He was doing a benefit show. And he was not. He was unbelievable. He was so good. Did he do so his country stuff? No. But okay. what he did have was not one, but two oversized industrial fans so that his hair <laughs> was perfectly <laughs> waving at all times. It was amazing. Oh, my God. That had to be great. So who did you go with? Uh, God, I can't remember who the other dude was. I'm sure it was my buddy Charlie, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of people from my past that aren't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it except for I saw Aerosmith very early on mm-hmm. in Boston. Um, it had to have been 74. I've actually asked them recently. I, I asked Stephen. I saw him recently. I think he said it was the Orpheum, and he remembers the show, mm-hmm. believe it or not. But uh, – that's kind of all I remember about it is just being so cocksure that they're not playing. Nobody can be that good. It can't. It can't yeah. happen. Wow. And yet. Jeez. Yeah. That's a great first. Uh-huh. That's a great first. I also remember shortly thereafter Jeff Beck with Hart. Nice. Hart opening up for Jeff Beck and going, wow, that dude is really a good guitar player. And it was, of course, one of the Wilson sisters. Because so, rock is so androgynous, you couldn't tell, like, a dude from a chick back then. They, and that was, I don't know which one. Nan, Nancy or Ann, I don't know which is which. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, rock and roll. Punk rock! I missed the punk thing. I was a southern rocker. Yeah. I missed punk until I got out here. That's all right. Yeah. You're not late to the party. Yeah, we were just talking about that. It yeah. just it comes when it comes. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, you said you're not on Facebook anymore. No. There's uh, no corner of the internet for you that if fans want to find your new band, no. the Noble No, the Noble I am on uh, on uh, Twitter, although I don't know how to use it. Oh. My handle is Chowda. Uh, no. <laughs> um, knuckle Meat. Knuckle Meat? Knuckle Meat. On, on, what's that, on Instagram? On Twitter. No, Twitter. Twitter, okay. Twitter. I don't do Twitter anymore. I don't, know, I, I, I don't know if I've ever done it. I just open an account and it sort of sits there. <laughs> Um, and knuckle meat isn't what it sounds like. It's not because I'm pugnacious. It's because that's the best part of the lobster. Oh. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's punny. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, then if they want to come check out your bands. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye out for no, the Noble Pricks. We're okay. probably playing in Burbank at some point. All right. Cool. Yeah. Pete. This has been fun. It's been really cool to get to know really you. Thank fun. you for coming on the show. I'm a fan of the podcast, and I'm so honored to be asked to do this. Thank you. Oh, it's great.